Well, join me in your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 7 again. And uh, we've been spending some time here in, in Luke chapter 7. And, and uh, we're dealing with this block of Scripture where John the Baptist, as we mentioned last week, and he was in prison because of he uh, told Herod that it was unlawful for him to have his brother's wife and and uh, he was a no compromise man on the gospel and so he is in prison where he spent two years before he was uh, eventually beheaded <clears throat> and <clears throat> while he's in prison he sends two of his disciples his disciples came to him and told him of all these hey we heard about all this stuff going on over in the Galilee region, this uh, healing of the sick and casting out of demons and all these miracles that took place. And and so he sent two of these disciples uh, to Christ and and he says, ask him if, he says, are you that he that should come or look we for another? And uh, Jesus said unto them, go and tell John, what things you have seen, verse 22, how that the blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So uh, what he was doing there was quoting the Old Testament. And we, remember we talked last week about that being kind of a code of gospel code, uh, all these all these words from Isaiah and and uh, Zechariah and, and Jeremiah there uh, about uh, these things that had happened were already recorded uh, by the great I Am <clears throat> and <clears throat> and we said uh, last week that we were going to cover the the part that he, he after he talks to those disciples then in in verse. Uh, 24, he says, and when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak to the people concerning John. Apparently, they were all, John was quite famous, and many people came to him and said, Are, you think he's the Christ? He might be the Christ. He's a great prophet. And, and so he was well known, and so there was quite a bit of chatter about uh, this interchange that had happened. And, and he began to speak to the people, and he says, what went you out to see, a reed shaken in the wind? He was not blown about by every wind of doctrine. He was faithful to the truth of the gospel, the truth and righteousness. <clears throat> and uh, so, you know, every week when we, when we engage in these Bible studies, we, we're always trying to discover and, and declare the What's the what's the relevant application for the church today in in the things that we read about and we find out that there's nothing new <laughs> and that Christ is our one constant <clears throat> and in every scripture that we study there there must be and there always is some value in the word of God for the church there 
it's just not there for nothing and it it's for our edification it's for our growth it's for our our food he said feed the flock and that's gospel is what feeds the flock all inspiration is given by or all scriptures given by inspiration of God it says in second timothy 2 uh, 3:16 and it's profitable for doctrine it's profitable for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness uh, and it's not a instruction in righteousness is not a here's a list of stuff you need to do to attain righteousness christ is our righteousness and the scriptures are profitable because they tell us of him who did all for us and uh, so as we left off uh, in our no compromise lesson last week we learned that John was again in prison and and uh, and the fact that he was in prison shows that he was not going to compromise no matter what he's like those uh guys in the book of Daniel well if you don't bow down and worship our god we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace and they said well, go ahead <laughs> not compromising if you don't bow down and and only pray, uh, don't pray to any god but my god, I'm going to have you thrown in the den of lions. And Daniel said, throw me in. <laughs> Not compromising. Uh, and for people that truly experience grace, that they can't compromise. They can never go back to the the works-generated kind of religion. They can never go back to that kind of thing. And... and <clears throat> And as John would not compromise uh, the truth, that, and that's a valuable lesson for the church, is to make sure that we, uh, it, people are always trying to get our pastor to say, well, we could get together, we could be united, and I know we're different on some things, but they're not important things. And he, and he says, oh, yes, they are. <laughs> There's nothing that you can take out of the gospel that's not important. So, uh, So it's... It's important that we stay uh, faithful to the the gospel. <clears throat> Ephesians 4.11 says, He gave some apostles and some prophets, like John, and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And that means maturing, uh, growing in grace. Uh, not that they become more and more perfect, they they become more and more grow, grow in grace and knowledge of, of the Lord <clears throat> for the work of the ministry, but for the edifying of the body of Christ. For the edifying, it's for their spiritual build up, our spiritual uh, growth, <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> until we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man, unto the measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ, and we'll we'll never attain that in this life. We just—it's just too immense that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, the cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. So that's just the nature of religion and the nature of men is that they—they they create doctrine to suit their purposes, whatever that is, and. Uh, not not you're teaching for doctrines the traditions of men and uh, those things are not uh, they're not in the gospel 
<clears throat> so in the questions of John where he directed his disciples to go to Christ, that's what all pastors do. That's what they tell people. Go to Christ. <laughs> they point they point out the 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 Christ. He directs people to Christ and and again, and in response to John's questions, Christ gave some answers from the Gospel, the Old Testament, that they both knew. I'm, I just know they were both knew so well. Uh, uh, John being from the priestly line, his dad was a priest. And, uh, the question Jesus put to the people was, well, "What went you out to see? A, a reed shaken in the in the wind with the wind?" Uh, and he was unshaken. In the truth of the gospel, and he was un, as unmovable as Christ was himself. And I'm sure he knew his mission, and he had accomplished that mission. He, he's, his mission was to make ready the people for the coming of the Lord, and he did, he did that. And back to our point on some relative application for the church, there's, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes, which is, I mentioned to Norm, is kind of relevant to our. our case here this morning in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 we think about this the the same conditions exist in all times and and man by nature because of sin and the fall is is enmity against God and has been since the fall it's just the way it is in Ecclesiastes says the thing that hath been it is that which shall be and that which is done is that which shall be done. There, there is no new thing under the sun. They may color them a little differently. They may phrase it a little differently. But it's essentially the same issue of the enmity of man against God and trying every way under the sun to come to Christ. Remember in our previous lesson we said grace is God coming to man and religion is man's works to try and come to God, and and there lie the two, uh, the two issues, and there, and only one is workable, only one is true. <clears throat> In <clears throat> Matthew chapter fifteen, Jesus is speaking, <clears throat> and. He's talking to these religious guys of the time. And he could, he could say the same thing today. There's nothing new. In, in Matthew 15, 7, he says, You hypocrites. That's a strong word. He said, Well, did Isaiah, or Isaiah prophecy of you saying. And he's going to quote to them from Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13 here. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me. That word vain just means useless, worthless, or ruin. In worship, they in vain they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called unto the multitude and said unto them, and I have this highlighted here. It says, hear and understand. Not that 
which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, that defileth a man. And that, my friends, is just grace versus works. If works comes out of your mouth, that's defiling. If grace comes out of your mouth, it's not. And some of his disciples came up to him then and said, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? They were tripped up. Because in the Old Testament, they're called prophets but or priests and fair, uh, elders and whatnot, but they're a lot of times they're referred to as shepherds. And we'll look at some scriptures here in a minute. They were shepherds that were in, supposed to be taking, just like Norman does with Ezra and Leviticus and Zechariah and every scripture, make a beeline to Christ from it and preach the gospel. And yet they turned it into, well, thou shalt do this, thou shalt do that, or pay this or pay that, or uh, offer this or offer that. And and they just turned it into works. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> And so when he declared the gospel to them, it tripped them up because it was against what they had, were doing. It showed them up. He says, you're hypocrites. You say you're working for God. You say you're, you're the religious, and yet you're, you're just the whited sepulchers. You're just, you're just fakes. <clears throat> and we'll look a little bit more in that Isaiah scripture here in, in a minute. But... but <clears throat> We back up a little bit in verse 22 of our text verse in Luke chapter 7, verse 22, where he said, Go your way and tell John what things you've seen and heard, how the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. And that's going to be kind of where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today, as uh, Pastor Roy said, and blessed is he who shall not be tripped up snared uh, and it's actually a word that kind of causes you to be led into apostasy like the like the disciples the apostles you're all going to be offended in me tonight when they were thought they were threatened with death they all denied him every single one of them denied him and so that's kind of where that that word leads us so we'll be looking at the rest of our time here in verse 22 tell john to the poor the gospel is preached. And that again is from the Old Testament. And we note again that from the times from which this Old Testament gospel was preached, the same exact conditions existed that Isaiah and Jeremiah and Zechariah and all the old prophets testified against that Jesus was saying, well, did Isaiah's prophecy of you? Not only was he talking about the people in his own time, but he was talking about the people that were going to be there at the time of Christ. And, and it's applicable to right here today in this world that we live in. <clears throat> Prophets from the northern kingdom of Israel and Samaria preached on this mountain is the right place to worship and do it our way and the traditions of men. And prophets, you know, that was uh, Amos and Hosea and Prophets of the southern kingdom of Judah, where Jerusalem was, they said, 
this is the right place to worship. And 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 Jesus told that Samaritan Samaritan woman, he says, you don't know what you worship. <laughs> You're both wrong. <laughs> Doesn't the place does is immaterial. It's what you do. It's what comes out of the mouth that defileth a man. Uh, where you're worshiping the Lord is not so important as as what. And so uh, these these priests, these shepherds, they're called in the Old Testament. Their task was to proclaim the gospel, though it turns out they knew it not. And therefore, they were unable to feed the Lord's flock. And uh, as it says in Zechariah, and we'll go over there in a little bit, but he says to them, it, it was like a book sealed. It was just like reading a recipe for something. Well, it says to add nine tablespoons of cumin, whatever that is. <laughs> but we'll do it because that's what it says to do. But we don't understand anything about it. So uh, it was like a book sealed to them and they couldn't read it or it was handed to another man. And he says, read this. And he says, well, I can't because I'm unlearned. So I, I'm, I'm, it's not my fault because I, I don't know. And, and <clears throat> so they, they, had, they approached it that way and, they, and it seemed to be working for them. They they were getting wealthy by doing that. By, you know, they would take the, the lame and the halt and offer them for sacrifices instead of the, the lamb without spot and without blemish, because they could sell that in the marketplace, and they could do all these things where they exchanged the money. Well, we're, we only take shekels, in the, in the coin boxes in the temple, uh, can't can't put any other kind of money in there but we'll we'll trade those to you for two for one or they had all ways that they they made money <clears throat> uh, we're going to leap ahead over into Norman's lesson from the year 2060 in Zechariah <laughs> Zechariah chapter 11 because that's where we kind of ended up in this to the gospel the poor to the to the poor the gospel was preached and it was just a fascinating chapter and it describes the things and attached to it is the sweet melody of the gospel the sweet sound of the gospel. <clears throat> and these, these shepherds that were in charge, they were, Matthew Henry said they were fleecing the flock instead of feeding them. And <clears throat> they had no real care for them. They were, uh, our pastor loves the flock. <laughs> he can call them all by name and, and, he knows them and, and loves them. And the, to these, they were just like uh, so many uh, potential donate, donators. Uh, uh, let's read in Zechariah chapter 11.
we'll start in verse 3. <clears throat> there is a voice of the howling of the shepherds, those ones that were tasked with declaring the gospel. For their glory is spoiled, a voice of the roaring of young lions, for the pride of Jordan is spoiled. Thus saith the Lord my God, feed the flock of the slaughter. And he's, he's saying they were just leading like lambs to the slaughter for profit. Feed the flock of the slaughter whose possessors slay them. The, the shepherds that were the possessors of the flock, they're killing them. And they hold themselves not guilty that they may sell them, or and they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. And their own shepherds pitied them not. So they they thought they were justified of God because of what they were doing they were getting wealthy at. And and a lot of there's a lot of that in religion today. Look at how the Lord has blessed me because uh, he must be blessing me because look how much money I have. I have my silk suit and my ring on every finger and bells on my toes. And <clears throat> Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. And their own shepherds pity them not. They could care less. <clears throat> for I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. But lo, I'll deliver them, the men, every one to his neighbor's hand, and into the hand of his king, and they shall smite the land, and out of their hand I will not deliver them. And I, here's another one of those wonderful I wills of God. And he says, they were tasked with feeding the flock, and they're not doing it. So he says, and I will feed the flock of slaughter. Even you, O poor of the flock. And, oh, I just love this next part. And I took unto me two staves, and I, the one I called beauty, and the other I called bands, and I fed the flock. And well, I, I read several commentaries on this, and they all, everyone had a different opinion about what these two words mean. But it says right in here, if we keep reading, it'll tell us that the beauty is just another name for Christ. And bands, bands is a word that, that means a rope that's used for measuring off an inheritance. Isn't that interesting? So we have a picture of Christ and his inheritance here. I took two staves, one called beauty and one called bands, and I fed the flock, the gospel. And we're going to find that through the rest of this chapter. Three shepherds also I cut off in one month. They were not feeding the flock. And he says, I cut them off. It doesn't tell us who they were or what particular crime they committed, but they were not feeding the flock. <laughs> and he said, and my soul loathed them, and their soul abhorred me. That was the relationship. And what do we find? That is the relationship of natural man with God. He is at enmity with God. <clears throat> then said I, I will not feed you that that dieth, let it die. And that that is to be cut off, let it be cut off. And the rest 
eat every one the flesh of another. And I took my staff, even beauty, and I cut it asunder, that I might break my covenant, which I had made with all the people. And it was broken in that day, and so the poor of the flock that waited upon me knew that it was the word of the Lord. Isn't that, be- isn't that beautiful? A picture of him dying, being cut asunder for his people, dying for the, the sins of his people. And I said unto them, if, if you think good, give me my price. And if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. Now, where does that sound familiar from? <laughs> Isn't that from the, the gospel of the, the very betrayal of the Lord, the price of the potter? Uh, and he says, and I, I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. And he says, and then I cut asunder my other staff, even bands, that I might break off the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Well, remember, we just got through saying, we worship on this mountain. And you say, Jerusalem is the place to worship. We both say, Abraham, we have Abraham to our father. And and he said, that's cut off. Bands marks out my inheritance. They are not all Israel that are called Israel. This seed of the promise in Abraham is is my inheritance. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto me, Take unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that be cut off. Neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that that is broken, nor feed that which standeth still. But he shall... They eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws to pieces. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye, and his arm shall be clean dried up, and his right eye shall utterly be darkened. Uh, Boy, what terrible judgment against people that are tasked with declaring the gospel and yet do everything but. So there is a voice of the howling of the shepherds, the chief priests, the Pharisees, the elders, the religious rulers. The flock was accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The, and God says, I'll feed them. I'll, I'll give them pastors according to my own heart. So <clears throat> these names of these staffs speak specifically to Christ and the church. And, and this word beauty means agreeableness, that is delight, suitableness, splendor, or grace. And, you know, those things are only applied to, to, to Christ. He was the only one that was suitable to take care of the problem. He was the only one in whom the Lord delighted. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Uh, and this bands a rope that's as twisted as a measuring line and by implication it's for measuring out a district or inheritance and (coughs) 
as we go off into kind of a a side note here in the people unless the word of god comes to them in grace and we we're we we're talking this morning about in Thessalonians is that our gospel came to you not in in word only but in power and the holy spirit and as it's going out mostly in just in word here they're they're saying well we're going to do a sacrifice on passover day and all those things that spoke to the gospel and the people went through the motions and and most of them uh had no idea but they were doing all the things that they were told to do they were they were complying with the church covenant and all the rules all I give tithes of everything and I fast twice a week and I pray and etc 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 and I support them this and that and all those things that their shepherd told them to do in in lieu of the gospel in Jeremiah 5:31 the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. They, ha- they, they bear rule because they have the control over the religious everything. And the, and the religion was intertwined with life to the point where they were not, not separable. And he said, and my people love to have it so. They were accomplices in it because, and they just said, I did what I was told. He just told me I just had to come down here and repeat this. And I did that. So I'm guiltless. If it doesn't work out, it's not my fault. Blame that guy. And, and So my people love it so. What a sad statement that that's the effects of the fall. That without grace, without revelation of the gospel, it's, it's a code to us as we talked about last week. And, uh, and <clears throat> these guys that if we turn over to Isaiah chapter 29 here for just a moment. In in Isaiah chapter 9, he's, he's writing, he's in the beginning, he says, Woe to Ariel... Ariel, and that's just another name for Jerusalem because it says it's the, or it's the city of David. Add ye year to year. Let them kill sacrifices. <clears throat> and then he talks about them being besieged later on and all that comes to pass. And, but he talks about these sh- shepherds and In, let's just start in verse 7. And the, the multitude of all the nations that fight against Ariel, even all that fight against her and her munition that distress her, shall be as a dream of a night vision. And, and what he's talking about there is all those that are against God, and even though they bear the religious mantle, they're they're at enmity with him, they're against him. And he says, It shall be even as when a hungry man dreameth, 
And he beholds, and you imagine these these religious rulers are in charge of giving the people the gospel, and and they're giving him this other chaff. And he says, it's like when a man dreams and he eats, but when he wakes up, he's still hungry. He got nothing. And his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinks, but he wakes, and behold, he's faint, and his soul hath appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. All these religious stuff that people do and get engaged in, it's it's not satisfying. There's no feeding of the flock in there. There's no water from the well of life there. <clears throat> Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry out, cry ye out. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured upon you the spirit of deep sleep and closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned. How many of those do we know? And saying, read this. And he saith, I cannot, for it's sealed. I can read the words to you, but... It's like the recipe, put in 10 tablespoons of cumin, but I don't know what that is or what it's good for. It's sealed. And the book is delivered to him that's not learned, saying, read this, and I pray thee. And he saith, well, I'm not learned. Wherefore, the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do, here comes the gospel. I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Their formulas, their schemes will not work out. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord. And their works are in the dark. And they say, who sees us? And who knoweth us? And you know what the Lord, a couple of weeks ago in one of our classes, the Lord said unto them, you thought I was such a one as yourself. I can see in the dark. (laughs) I know all the secrets of all men's hearts. You can't hide anything from me. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not, or the the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding. It's just a picture. I'm sovereign and God is not. Even though we, he's the potter and he made them, and then they're saying, I am a self-made person. I am my own person. I am sovereign. I, I, I have no relationship or responsibility to who created me. <clears throat> Shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? 
or the thing framed, save him that framed it. He had no understanding. But is not uh, yet a very little while in Lebanon, that land of the Gentiles, <clears throat> shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men, the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. What a gospel picture. And you think, well, how could they read that and not talk about Christ? How could they read that and and miss the point of it all? But he says, you know, it's just a book sealed to them. We're just going to read the words. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Make sure you pay this and pay that. And 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 at this time of year you go and do this sacrifice. And at that time of year you go and do this other sacrifice. All these things you do out of rote with no spiritual understanding, no no picture of the no type of the gospel, no type of Christ in there. And I took my staff, beauty, and broke it asunder. In that day, it was broken, so the poor, the flock that waited upon me knew that it was the word of the Lord. He gave that knowledge to them about what that was about, about his being broken for them, about his death for them. Tell tell John, and he'll know that this comes from Zechariah and Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the Old Testament. He'll know that to the poor the gospel is preached. So we'll stop there and we'll move on next uh, couple of weeks from now, Lord willing, and uh, be back here in Luke chapter 7. Until then, as always, be free.